On today's show, Houston Rockets general manager Rafael Stone's postseason press conference in which he addresses why Steven Silas was ultimately let go by the Rockets, what the Rockets head coaching search is going to look like, what the vision is for the future and for the next person that is going to occupy that role. He also addresses some of the concerns over the Rockets culture that were brought up over the course of the season as well as much, much more. We're going to unpack all of that coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. The Houston Rockets select Jalen Green, Alperon Shingun, and Jabari Smith Jr. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Hey, Houston fans, I am so happy. You're getting somebody who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who's going to come, come in and compete from day one. Six, five, four, three, two... One. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. And the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcast, including YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe. I want to know what your confidence level is in Rafael Stone moving forward. Give me your comments in the YouTube comments section. Read those every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And as always, thank you for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on the way to work, in the gym, on your lunch break, slacking off at work. Thank you for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day. We've got a jam-packed episode, guys. Rafael Stone's postseason press conference ran about 30 minutes long, uh, so I had to condense it down to what I thought were the most important parts and takeaways as it relates to some of the, the important topics, right? Why Steven Silas was let go, what the head coaching search is going to look like, the vision for this team moving forward. Um, and then tackling some miscellaneous stuff like the Rockets culture questions that were brought up this season. Uh, was Steven Silas given a fair chance as the head coach? Uh, will the young guys be involved in the decision-making process for the next head coach? Things like that. So we'll unpack all of that. But let's go ahead and dive straight in with our first little snippet here. Because I've got about, you know, I've got the, the most important snippets that I selected. However, there is a link in the YouTube or in the episode description. Um with the full press conference on my other YouTube page, the one where I post all the player interviews and all that stuff. So if you want to watch the full unfiltered thing, go click it, go watch it there. This is going to be excerpts and then, you know, kind of my take on some of what Rafael Stone had to say. So let's go ahead and dive in. Why did the Rockets ultimately decide not to bring Steven Silas back? So why did you feel Steven wasn't the right coach for you moving forward? Um, you know, I think... Um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm an, I, I was deciding whether or not I was going to change your question into the answer I want. I will, I will, try, I will answer your question at least in part, which is I just, I, I think we thought it was time for, for a new voice. And it, it is absolutely nothing to do with Steven actually. Like it's much more about, okay, we, we're kind of exiting one stage, entering another, um, how, you know, what, what's the optimal way to go forward and, and trying to optimize for that kind of going back and not answering your question, but using it as an opening to, to say something I want to say, working with Steven has been amazing. And he is as good a person as you could ever hope to work with. And 
I hope that the effect he's had on me as a coworker is one I have on other people. And I, I doubt I actually get there, but that's like a goal of mine. He's, he's a really good person. We've been really lucky to have him for the last three years. Okay, so a couple things to unpack from that first answer. Uh, first part is a pretty cut and dry answer from Rafael, right? Just, you know, very clear, concise. Hey, well, we, we felt it was time to move on. We're transitioning into a new phase, right? Into phase one of the rebuild, moving into phase two and felt it was time for a new voice. I mean, there's there's really nothing wrong with that answer, right? That's actually exactly what's going on in Toronto right now, right? With the whole speculation around Nick Nurse. Nick Nurse is not a bad coach. Nick Nurse is a championship caliber coach. And yet the Raptors, it may, he may have just run his course there, right? It may be time for a new voice in that Raptors locker room. And unfortunately for Steven Silas and his tenure, his time here in Houston, it just, it's, it feels like it's time for a new voice, right? It feels like the organization is stepping into this new direction. And maybe you make the argument, oh, well, they should give Steven a chance, right? He never got a chance with a, with a real roster, with veteran pieces. And, you know, he's, he's only been given this roster full of teenagers and he's had to tank and all this. Yes, and I get that. However, back to the point, I, I feel like there isn't, there hasn't been enough done, or Steven didn't do enough with the cards that he was dealt to have confidence in what he would be able to achieve with a roster that was built to win games, right? As opposed to a roster that was built to prioritize development and cultivating young talent and, and basically what he was given these last three years. And if the situation was different, then and the Rockets didn't have this like onus on them to, to want to win games next season and be a, a, a materially better team. I'm, st I'm stealing. <laughs> when, when you hear that much stone tape, you start to steal his words, and materially is one of his like favorite words to use. That's a buzzword for stone. We should do a drinking game where every time you hear stone say the word materially, you have to take a shot. Point is, <laughs> um, when the Rockets want to be a better team next year because they don't own their OK, they don't own the pick that they owe to OKC, they want to step forward, they want to add veterans, all this. If there was things that you could point to that Steven Silas had done where like, yeah, he's really good at XYZ, then maybe you make the argument, okay, he gets another year. He should have, you know, another crack at it with a better roster. But unfortunately, with where the organization is at, they need to bring in, I feel like, A, a new voice, which I agree with, and then B, they need a guy with some experience. They need somebody that they can, that can give this organization a facelift, some confidence and kind of start changing the perception about things, right? Because right now the perception is if the Rockets rolled back into the next year with Steven Silas, they'd be like, oh, well, this is same old, same old. They're going to be bad again, whatever. Even if they make major additions this offseason, there'd still be major question marks there. But if you bring in a coach with some pedigree, that changes that conversation quite a bit. The other part of what Rafael Stone had to say where he said, he basically said the quiet part out loud, which is hilarious because in all these interview settings with executives, coaches, players, ultimately, whoever you're asking the question to is going to decide whatever the hell they want to say, right? So it was really funny that Rafael basically said the quiet part out loud and was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to answer your question, but then I'm also going to take a moment to say what I want to say, because so many times somebody that's at that podium in front of the microphone will be able to twist almost any question to answer and kind of segue into whatever, honestly, they have on their mind. We see it countless times over the course of a season from players, coaches, executives, whatever. So I just thought it was funny that he kind of addressed that and was like, well, I'll give you your answer, but then I'm going to take a second to say what I want to say. And he, you know, took that time to compliment Steven and really, you know, basically explain how grateful he was for that partnership for these past three years. So thanks a pretty, you know, pretty cut and dry answer there about why the team decided to, 
move on from Steven Silas. Now, what does moving on from Steven Silas look like, right? What is the vision for the next head coach? What are the goals for this team moving forward? And what does the head coaching search look like? We're going to start this discussion off with a pair of back-to-back questions from myself and our weekly co-host, none other than Ben Dubose, the podfather himself, asking about the vision for this team moving forward. Hey, Rafael. When you look around the NBA landscape, there are a lot of teams that have found success playing different styles. Um, five out, one in. Sorry, five out, four out, one in. Spread, pick, and roll, motion offense. Is there a specific style that you think works best for your core group of young guys, and how will that potentially impact your decisions as to the next head coach of this team? That's actually a super interesting question. Um, I think the answer is no. In other words, I I think we have a very flexible group of guys who can do a lot of things well. Um, So I think, I haven't really thought about it in that way. We clearly, we we spent a lot of time thinking about where the NBA is going, trying to predict, trying to make sure that, you know, you don't don't plan for X and it turns out X is, is, is gone by the wayside and the only thing that's effective is Y. So it's not to say we don't think about it in that respect, but as it applies directly to this group, I guess I haven't thought about it as much. I, I do think we have a flexible group, and, and part of these because they're so young, um, they're not fully developed, and so the, the the path along which they develop, I think, will be will will probably be will will for sure be hugely influenced by the coaching they receive, but also by what is effective in the NBA. Hopefully, if they end up being as good as we hope they can, they end up being. So I don't know if that answers your question, but I I, I think. I do think that we, there's, I don't think we're all locked into a specific style, um, so. To piggyback off <clears throat> Jackson's question at the top about playing style, some of the more veteran coaches may have a certain way that they want to do things. How much going into this search is you guys identifying a style that you want to play and then looking at the coaches through that prism versus, I suppose, listening to the coaches about what they think is you know, best to optimize this group and then adopting your preferences to what their styles are? Probably more the second than the first, um, but again, like it's like a lot of it is okay. Person X has a vision. How does how do how do we how do we feel about being able to achieve it? Like, how is this player going to fit into it? How is that player going to fit into it? And that's a discussion. Like that's that's Coach X saying, "This is how I see it." Oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, and we may need to bring in Person Y from the outside or. Not, not a single person, that would be crazy, right? But like, but like this type of player might be very impactful. Oh yeah, that's doable, right? And so we're, we're looking, you know, so somebody presents that type of vision to us and we think it's really compelling and we, and we kind of buy it. And again, somebody, I think it was Kelly's question about like, like alignment, we're all behind it. Like, you know, it's, it, alignment doesn't just go top bottom. It goes it goes the other way too, right? So the coach has got the coach. We need to buy into what the coach is saying. So you know that that is super important. Like he's like, I really think if we do this, we can be really successful. That needs to be really convincing to me. That needs to be really convincing to Tillman. Um, that needs to be really convincing to our players, right? Kind of both ways. And it, when everyone's bought in, we have alignment. Now we can now we can go after it, right? And if you have that kind of vision, that global vision that everybody can buy into, when things are rough, which they will be, like the last two years have been rough, but like every year is rough. No matter what, no matter what team exists, I, you know, I was on a team that won 65 games, and I think we lost five in a row that year. 
everybody hits rough spots, right? And so when it's rough, you need to be able to, you, that vision, that alignment is what pulls you through. And so, um, so anyway, that, that, that's, uh, you know, that, that's what we're looking to find. Coming up, we're going to unpack what Rafael Stone had to say about the vision for this team, the team building process moving forward, and how the next head coach will be a part of that process to achieve the goals laid out by the organization. Plus, what are the qualities that this Rockets team is looking for in their next head coach, and how will the head coaching process look as far as how they're going to interview guys and what that entire process is going to entail? We're going to get to all of that in just a moment, but first, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Look, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful, right? You're trying to go out and have a good time, whether it's to catch a game, maybe you're going to a comedy show, want to go to the theater or a, or a live concert. You're trying to go out and have a good time. You shouldn't be stressed about it, right? Game time can help you remove that stress, right? They've got flash deals and last-minute ticket offerings. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They've even got images of the seats on the app so you can figure out, you know exactly the bang for your buck that you're getting, right? Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, every kind of event that you can imagine. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. So with what Rafael Stone had to say about the vision moving forward, it doesn't sound like currently they are married to any one particular style of play. And it does really sound like they are very open to hearing and kind of being essentially being pitched different styles from the head coaches that they'll be interviewing throughout this process, right? And that's important, right? The the ability to kind of hear what these coaches have and the potential vision for some of these guys, right? Because maybe you bring in a Nick Nurse for an interview or a Kenny Atkinson, an Ime Odoka. They're all going to have probably very drastically different ideas and visions about this team and how to get the most out of some of these core guys moving forward, right? The way that Kenny Atkinson envisions Jalen Green playing is probably very different from how Ime Udoka envisions Jalen Green playing, right? Or maybe one guy has more of a defensive mentality for how this team is going to approach things on the court versus a more offensive-laden mentality. So, being open to hearing those different possibilities is going to be really good for the Rockets front office because they might even be presented with ideas and things that they haven't internally considered, right? And that's one of the interesting things about this head coaching search is interviewing all these different candidates and bringing in all these different names is going to also help enlighten the Rockets front office as to things that they may not have considered, angles that they may may decide to approach later on, and also making connections throughout this process, right? Guys that, you know, maybe they'll interview with and maybe don't finish as a finalist, or, you know, maybe they come back years down the line. And, and again, similar to Steven Silas, who interviewed in 2016 and then came back and became the head coach a few years down the line. So th this interview process is going to be very important just for a, for a number of reasons past just figuring out who the next head coach is going to be. But I did like what he had to say about the alignment idea of it too, where not only does like Tillman have to be bought into what Rafael, like the alignment works both ways, right? Up and down is 
they're like the coach has to be able to sell the guys above him on what's going on, but then the guys above him has to have to be bought in to the idea of what they're trying to achieve. And when you get that organizational alignment, that organizational harmony, that's when you have something special building, right? The Rockets had that for a number of years during the James Harden era from ownership to to general manager, to coaching, to star player and James Harden, right? Getting all four guys lined up and on the same page. And for the most part, everybody has been lined up and on the same page throughout this rebuild. It's just the goals weren't championship. The goals were, hey, we're, we're going to be bad. We're going to try and develop. And and now, though, you know, what, what is to be the alignment is going to shift as the goals for this organization ultimately shift. So, what is it actually going to look like, though? What is the coaching search going to look like? We've got a, a few questions here that were asked by Jonathan Fagan, and we're going to run those back next. More generally, then, what are the qualities or things you're looking for in terms of individual style and experience? What, what, what do you want to find in the next coach? From, for the next coach? Um, you know, I, I, think, I think we want somebody who, yeah, who, who has a real vision for for how to implement our young guys, how to incorporate um, some veterans, which which we're for sure gonna we're gonna be adding to the mix over the next the summer, but also over the next few years, um, and um, and and I think we're looking for somebody who has kind of a a dynamic presence and vision, and 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 you know they'll obviously have a new voice, and we want that voice to be to be one that we think is gonna really resonate with our group. Um, it's, 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 it's not formulaic. It's not like, oh, we need to get this exact thing. It's, it's, it's much more, um, you know, trying to figure it out. I, I, I do think there's really talented people who, who are available right now. And so, um, and so it'll be really interesting to hear what they have to say, you know, when they come in, because we're just starting this process. Kind of a two-part question. To what degree is it a priority or not to have a coach with head, previous head coaching experience and with that in mind, in the past three searches, you guys put out a really wide net, talked to a ton of guys, a lot of assistant coaches who are up and coming, but maybe not going to be head coaches. This year, do you view the search as almost a competition with other teams to get a guy you might target? Or do you again put out the wide net and see what you think about a large number of candidates? I one of the reasons I think that, that this is that they're really good candidates is because there are people there are people um, there are people I am aware of who have been very successful in the NBA as head coaches and and they're 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 available right um, or at least they're they're not under contract with another team right now so so that's that's obviously interesting and by definition those people have prior head coaching experience because until you do how do you know that they don't right. Um, but I do think there's, I think there's validity and importance in putting out a wider net so that you get to know people so that you don't rule anyone out just because they don't. So I do think we will interview people who don't have, who have not had head coaching experience prior. I think you should, because again, you don't know what you don't know. You uh, kind of one of the premise of my, uh, of, yeah, I guess it's mine, uh, uh, of my tenure here is we're not going to be outworked, right? And so I'm not going to just not interview people or not talk to them because they don't fit X and Y, but they might be amazing, right? We'll, we'll try and we'll try very hard to make sure that we, that, that we talk to as many interesting people as we can. And then, um, and yeah, and that's the goal. Um, but there, but there are really interesting people out there that, that, that have been very successful and we'll talk to them too. Just to follow <laughs> that leaves out the 
compete to get the guy part of it. If I mean, you know, until you decide he's your guy, why would you compete? So like, you know, I don't know. Like, and I don't know who everybody else is going. Like, I just don't know. I don't, you know, I would say we're not afraid to compete. Like, but, but I'm, it's not a situation where we're aimed at one guy and we're in a bidding war or something. You know, that's not, that's, you know, and this isn't new news. Like, you know, this is, but, but I do think that there are really qualified candidates out there that we're really looking forward to talking to. So let's tackle that last part first of the answer, the, the competing for the, the right guy, so to speak. Um, you know, there, I guess there is a bit of maybe some concern with fans about like the arms race for getting one of these top coaches this offseason. And there is, you know, the possibility that some ready-made contenders might be in the market for new coaches this offseason, right? If the Nuggets flame out or the Sixers, like Rivers, Malone, those guys might be out. And, you know, then those teams might come in and want to scoop up an Atkinson or a new Doka or a, a Vogel or, you know, grab a Nickner, whoever else, right? So there is some concern on that front, but I do think that the Rockets have a really attractive position here because it's it's almost like a blank canvas for a coach to come in with a lot of young talent. They're going to have the cap room to make some serious acquisitions this offseason. They're going to be adding yet another top asset from the draft this season, or at least, or at the very least trading that pick if it's, you know, in the lower range, five through seven or whatever, and or four through seven, and, you know, making an acquisition that way. And the coaches that have the opportunity to come in here are going to be given kind of this, it's a really unique opportunity, right? To be able to take a team that's as young as the Rockets are, not quite like fresh, right? Because you're not at stage one of the rebuild. You're not going through the dark years. You're at the start where it's supposed to start getting exciting, right? The young guys are kind of going to be start starting to come into their own. Jalen Green, Alper, and Shingun year three. You've got the crop of rookies who are going into their sophomore years now with Jabari, Tari, all that. So... I do think as far as what the Rockets are trying to get out of their next head coach, I know Rafael Stone said he wasn't going to paint himself into a corner that they're not like, you know, stuck on some idea of like this coach has to have X or Y, Z, that kind of thing. And that they will, you know, they're not completely hung up on the idea of, oh, you have to have previous head coaching experience. But I feel like for the Rockets perspective, they already tried that, right? They tried it a few years ago with Steven Siles. They went with the un unproven commodity, right? They went with the guy who had been an assistant for a long time, showed a lot of promise, and they gave him a shot. And I feel like based on some of the goals and the expectations organizationally for what they want to achieve next season, you can't take that risk again. A proven commodity is going to be the right way to go. And so I would be shocked if they wound up hiring another coach that didn't have at least some level of previous head coaching experience, even if they're completely blown away by the interview process. Uh, I, I think at this point, they very clearly, you look at all the names that have been linked and associated with the potential opening for the Rockets, it's all guys who have had previous head coaching experience because they need that credibility. They need somebody who can come in and kind of be that identifying marker of, okay, yeah, the organization is back on track, right? And that's going to help them as far, you know, if you bring in a Nick Nurse or a Udoka, a type like that, then that's going to help you when you're, you know, pitching to you know potential free agents, when you're trying to really flesh out and build out this roster, when you want to bring in those veteran pieces that are going to help shape things for the future. Uh, having a head coach with some name recognition is going to do wonders versus an assistant that's maybe been, you know, yeah, he's maybe had some success and, you know, wants to make a name for himself, but that's a, a much harder sell, I feel like. And it's probably going to be a really hard sell for ownership at this point. Feels like, again, where the Rockets are at, they're going to be going after a name that has a res a strong resume behind them. And there are a 
lot of those guys on the market this offseason. Again, potentially some other, like, if Mike Malone is out as the Denver, Denver Nuggets head coach, I mean, hell, that, that could be an interesting name to take a look at. There are a lot of moving parts and possibilities this offseason for the Rockets. Coming up, I do want to hit on the uh, culture note of the Houston Rockets as well as some of the other uh, kind of miscellaneous takeaways uh, and you know thoughts that I had about Rafael Stone's presser. We're going to get there in just one moment, but first, today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Next game, how about Joel Embiid to score more than 26.5 points? What about LeBron James to have more than 7.5 rebounds? How about Kevin Durant to have less than 6.5 assists? Or what about Steph Curry to have more than 3.5 Three pointers made. So, what is Prize Picks? It's daily fantasy sports, but how does it work? Basically, you pick two to six players. If they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times back on your money on any entry that you submit. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. That's NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, PGA. They've got you covered for all of the action. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that simple. They're safe. They offer fast withdrawals. Currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. So don't forget to enter promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's go ahead and dive into uh, our final clip here of Rafael Stone that I've got picked out for us. And then you know some other miscellaneous takeaways from what he had to say throughout the course of the presser. Uh, so him answering the question about uh, the Rockets, the state of the Rockets culture as it pertains to some of the, the outward perception of what's going on here in Houston. You know, trying to think of a PG way of saying this. Some of the stuff, I, like, like first of all, you know, there have been a couple of things. It hasn't been a lot. Secondly, a couple of the people are just out of their mind. And so, like, and so what I would say on players is players are entitled to their thoughts. And it's fine. And we've had a ton of people come through here over the last three years. And the vast majority of them have had amazing experiences. And I think if you, you're around, you talk to the guys in this locker room. We have, we have a really good culture. We have not managed to turn that culture into wins at this point in time. But culture, I would put our team up there with anybody in the NBA. We work really hard. People are very supportive of each other. They get along very well. They spend a ton of time together off the court. A lot of that's the function of their youth, which is also one of the reasons why we've struggled to win. Like, it's it's all interrelated, but I, I would I, I I am willing to fight with anyone who will say that our culture on this team this year it was challenged. It's it's been if not the best team I've ever been around, certainly one of the top two or three, and I've been in the NBA since two thousand five. Um, as it relates to the media people who've said it, I would say that some of them have been lazy. I think, I think that there were a lot of things that were written and said about, um, and I was a part of these teams, so I, I don't want to walk away from it, but teams when I was not the GM, 
Those teams were very successful. They did things in their own way. I think some people didn't like the way they did them. And so I think one of the things that's happened is, the, is that complaints about the way that those people did things are being conflated with us now, even though the only commonality is it's the Houston Rockets. The players, coaches, front office has changed hugely. That's my perception. So that's, that's my answer to that question. Like I, I, the, the real answer is I don't think there's validity to that. We, our culture is we work really hard and we support one another. And, and I think this team has done that very well. So, and, and, and that is largely a function of Steven and, and what he's done on that. Because that's a culture in particular is a very coach-driven thing. And I, I, I want to give Steven his credit. I think he did a very good job on that front. Okay, so Stone addressing some of the, the concerns over the Rockets' culture. And he, you know, he's like, no, culture, incredible, flying, flawless colors. Well, then, and he even credits, he even credits Steven for that culture, right? So then why is Steven being let go? Like that's the, so help it make sense. And I think it's, this, this is at least how I, I think it's kind of being, or at least how I'm choosing, how I'm perceiving things. I fully agree with everything Stone said. Like this, this group of guys, they all, they all love each other, right? There's no, it's not like a fractured locker room, like player X hates player Y or whatever. Like, no, it's none of that. They love each other. In fact, I, I've, said on this very show had times like, you know, the relationship between Jalen and, and Kevin and their like brotherly, whatever twin like that. I think that's actually at times detrimental to Jalen and where he's, you know, at times willingly deferring to Kevin too much on the floor, stuff like that. Um, this group, th- clearly this group of guys, they, they love each other. They work hard. They're very supportive of each other, all that. I think it's very clear the disconnect and the concerns maybe for the culture is they are a very young immature group of guys. So even if they are supportive of each other and they work hard, all that stuff, the disconnect is coaching. I don't think was getting through to them. And that's why when you go back to stones earlier comments, well, why are you moving on from Silas? Well, we felt it's time for a new voice, right? Why would you need a new voice? Why else would you need a new voice? If players are not responding to the voice that's currently there. So, I think that it's very possible that the Rockets do have a good culture in certain regards, and then the bad culture is more just, again, kind of a side effect of the fact that this team is incredibly young. They don't know who they are as players. Like, these guys are still in there formulating. Like, they, they don't even know who they are as, as human beings yet, let alone NBA players, when you've got, when you've got 19, 20, 21-year-old kids. And I think that Steven, unfortunately, is just the wrong coach and is ill-equipped to be the the guy to steward these guys into who they are going to be as NBA players. They need, I think, again, a more heavy-handed, firm, direct approach to be able to be held accountable, right? To make sure that, you know, what the coaching staff is saying is not falling on deaf ears because we've seen over the course of this season, a lot of this, a lot of the concerns and, and you know, negativity, whatever, culture stuff spill over onto the court, right? Whether it's, you know, guys reverting to bad habits on offense and, you know, selfish tendencies or whatever, defensively, you know, not engaged on defense, not getting back in transition, not playing hard, uh, you know, the complaining, the officiating, like all that. Like those are all very clearly issues of culture, right? That's, that's, those are all signs of immaturity. And those are things that were not able to be ironed out by the current coaching staff. So that's why you're adding a new voice to the locker room. That's why you feel that a change needs to be made. So I think it's very possible that both things can be true, that the culture currently is good. Guys are playing hard. They're, 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 they're trying to get better, all that stuff. 
but then simultaneously there's other elements of it that are not good and that's why a change was needed. Last little clip that I've got here teed up is uh, Stone actually being asked about whether or not Jalen and Jabari would have any impact, impact or in, sorry, input on the next head coach. Uh, of course, you spoke about how young your team is, and you have some young players like Jalen Green and Jabari Smith that came to come stars but aren't there yet. Um, will they have any input into uh, the next coach that you bring in? Will you have any conversation with them about that? No, I don't think that's fair. I, I, like, I worry even when you're talking about like 30 year old men that it's it's a little unfair to put them in a position where you're saying, hey, you know, what do you think about this guy? Um, so no, I, you know, I think, um, I know those guys really well. Organizationally, I'm, I'm not making this, this decision in a vacuum. We know these guys really well. We'll be, we be factoring in how we think that they will help these guys grow into the players they can become. Of course we will. But I don't, I don't know that it's at all fair to put it on them and say, hey, what do you think? I, I, just, I, I, I just don't think that's fair, at least in this stage in their career. So, so no, I, I don't anticipate doing that. So I, I, I actually really like this answer from Rafael because it would be the wrong approach, right, to, to you know, cater at this stage to Jalen or Jabari or, hey, what do you think about this head coach or how do you like this guy, right? Because organizationally, right, you need to you need to know these players and understand like what a potential head coach is going to be able to get out of them and, you know, kind of a fair representation of their interests and, and how to get the most out of them moving forward. But it's kind of like, again, if, if the dynamic was different, like when the Rockets had James Harden and they went out and got Steven Silas, uh, Silas is like the perfect coach for a, a superstar talent like James Harden, right? A guy who can just kind of let James be James and kind of build success around that one star. That's why he had so much success in Dallas with Luca. So, and that's why he was the, the successor to Mike D'Antoni. Whereas this group of guys, right? We don't know who these guys are as players yet, right? Like we don't know what Jalen Green is going to become. We don't know what Jabari Jr. is going to become or even is right now, right? These guys are still, they're, they're still cooking, right? They're still in the oven. And for a new head coach to be able to come in and have a direct impact on the progression of the career of a guy like Jalen or a guy like Jabari, that's going to be huge, right? It could be, it could be, you let's draw the parallel to the Golden State Warriors, right? Mark Jackson had Steph Curry first and then Steve Kerr walked in there and turned Steph into a perennial all-star. Now, maybe that still would have potentially happened had Mark Jackson continued coaching this team, but Steve Kerr stepped in and had a vision and delivered on that vision for, for Golden State in a big way. And that's what the Rockets are hoping to achieve here, right? Is Steven had his philosophy, his approach to this team. And again, given the constraints that he had, it wasn't a roster that was built to win games. It was incredibly young, like all that. Um, they feel it's time for a new, for a change of direction, right? For a new voice. And whoever that new voice is, is hopefully going to be able to elevate not just one player, but everybody on this roster, right? And get the most out of these guys. And I again, I like the idea though that it's again, you're you're not gonna you're not gonna put that pressure on a young guy like Jalen or Jabari to to say no, like, well, what do you think about this candidate? I think it's I think it was a good answer from Rafael. Um, also, want to highlight here, you know, to to wrap things up, you know, this one note that I no mention of Kevin Porter Jr at all whatsoever throughout the entire press conference. Um, he mentioned Jalen, Shingun, Jabari, Tari, KJ, Ty Ty, 
Now, it's worth noting that he brought up a handful of those names unprompted, and then he was prompted later on to talk about the development of the rookies this season, and that's when he brought up Jabari, Tari, and Tai Tai. Uh, I think at that point it was the second reference for Jabari and Tari, and then Tai Tai was the first time that he brought him up. But just I find that a bit curious, right? That you know, at no point when talking about how you know the the young core of these players would respond to a new head coach and the vision and all and all all these different you know all the different you know answers that he gave. At no point was Kevin's name mentioned. So make of that what you will. It's probably too early to be reading into the tea leaves on that front. But again. Kevin's future is one of the biggest questions of this Rockets offseason, right? Will he be the point guard again next year? Will he be moved to the three spot? Is he going to be coming off the bench? Will he even be a part of the team next year? Uh, so the fact that he wasn't mentioned at all during the exit interview for or the you know postseason interview by, by Stone is interesting, to say the least. Um, that's all I've got for you from this one. It just initial preliminary thoughts on some of, I think, the key takeaways from Stone's press conference. We're going to be revisiting some of this with our weekly co-hosts hearing thoughts on what Stone had to say from Ali, from Ali Kambajani, from Ben DuBose, uh, you know, hearing what those guys think about how the season has wrapped up and what Stone decided to house, you know, some of the messages that Stone decided to give to the media in his uh, postseason presser. So be on the lookout for those. But as always, of course, thank you for checking out the show so much. Really appreciate it. Uh, Again, free and available wherever you listen to your podcast. That's Apple, Spotify, Google, the Odyssey app. Free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Just go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Give me your thoughts on what Rafael Stone had to say in his presser. Share with me how you felt about what he what he said, his vision, his goals, the head coaching search, all of that. Let me know in the YouTube comments. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.